Hey, what's up? This is the Aaron J. Dodson podcast, the podcast where I discuss the sacred text of God's Word and do my best to help myself and others understand it so that we might keep God's law and we might observe it with our whole hearts. In this episode, I continue uh, my regular study of Matthew that I've been putting out through my Podbean channel. Today, we'll look at the subject, the identity and authority of Jesus Christ from Matthew chapter 17. So if you have a Bible, if you would join me there at Matthew chapter 17. And as I have done each time, I have used the Nelson Bible book introduction of Matthew to help set the stage for this study. And each time you join in, I've shared a part of it so that it will put our minds in the right place as we consider the context of the given text that we're looking at each time. Matthew is the gospel account written by a Jew to Jews about a Jew. Matthew is the writer, his countrymen are the readers, and Jesus Christ is the subject. Matthew's purpose is to present Jesus as the king of the Jews, the long-awaited Messiah. He does this through a carefully selected series of Old Testament quotes, and he documents Jesus' claim to be the Messiah. His genealogy, his baptism, his messages, his miracles, all of these point to the same inescapable conclusion. Christ is king. Even in his death, seeming defeat is turned to victory by the glorious resurrection of Christ. And so the message again after his resurrection echoes forth, the king of the Jews lives. So Matthew is a Jew. He's writing to Jews about a Jew, and his purpose is to present Jesus Christ as the King of the Jews. Matthew chapter 7 certainly records information from God that is specific to Jesus being Messiah, Jesus being King, his identity and his authority. Mount Transfiguration. Matthew chapter 17, verses 1 through 9. When I read this, I think it must have been a most incredible thing for Peter, James, and John to witness what took place on that day, on that occasion. It would have been glorious to have been there. Though we weren't, I'm happy, I'm thankful that we have the record of what did happen. And I like to read over it many times. Midway through Jesus' ministry, Jesus took Peter, James, and John up on a high mountain to pray. And as he prayed, his appearance was altered. He began to shine like the sun, and his clothing became white and glistening, Luke's account says, Luke 9, 28 and 29. And at that time... Moses and Elijah appeared and talked with Jesus about Jesus' decease, which he was about to accomplish at Jerusalem, Luke 9, 30, and 31. And then as these two individuals, Moses and Elijah, departed from him, Peter, not knowing what to say, according to Mark 9, verse 6, he suggested to Jesus that if Jesus so desired, they would make three tabernacles, 
one for Jesus, one for Moses, one for Elijah. And while Peter was making the suggestion, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and a voice came out of the cloud saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Hear him, Matthew 17, 5. And when the disciples heard that, they fell on their faces, as, as I would. And they were greatly afraid. But Jesus touched them and told them to get up and not be afraid. This scene teaches several important truths that I want us to look at in detail. But before we do, I'm not just going to summarize it. I'm going to read Matthew's account. Chapter 17, verses 1 through 9. Now after six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John, his brother, led them up on a high mountain by themselves, and he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as the light. And behold, Moses and Elijah appeared to them, talking with him. Then Peter answered and said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, let us make here three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them. And suddenly a voice came out of the cloud saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Hear him. And when the disciples heard it, they fell on their faces and were greatly afraid. But Jesus came and touched them and said, Arise and do not be afraid. When they had lifted up their eyes, they saw no one but Jesus only. Now as they came down from the mountain, Jesus commanded them, saying, Tell the vision to no one until the Son of Man is risen from the dead. This is about midway through his public ministry, maybe a little past. He takes the inner circle up on a high mountain to pray. Luke chapter 9, verse 28, tells us that they went up on the mountain to pray. And as Jesus prayed, the appearance of his face was altered. His robe became white and glistening. And behold, two men, this is Luke 9, verse 30, two men talked with Jesus, who were Moses and Elijah, who appeared in glory and spoke of his decease. The word literally means departure, which he was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. But Peter and those with him were heavy with sleep. And when they were fully awake, they saw his glory and the two men who stood with him. Then it happened as they were parting from him, Jesus, that Peter said to Jesus, Master, it is good for us to be here and let us make three tabernacles. The word means tents. One for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah, not knowing what to say. While he was saying this, a cloud came and overshadowed them, and they were fearful as they entered the cloud. And a voice came out of the cloud saying, This is my beloved son. This, this is the chosen one. Hear him. When the voice had ceased, Jesus was found alone. But they kept quiet and told no one in those days any of those things. They had seen. That's Mark. Uh, that's Luke's account. And let me glance quickly. I didn't do this ahead of time. At Mark's account, the one thing that I mentioned a moment ago from Mark's account tells us that he said this because he didn't know what to say, for they were greatly afraid. And after the father spoke, 
they kept this word to themselves, questioning what the rising from the dead meant. And then they asked Jesus questions. And, and I'm not going to go that far in the text for the purpose of this episode. I want to focus in on the identity and the authority of Jesus that we learn about in this section and three great truths from this particular text. First, Christ's glory was and is to be shared by no other. The glory of Christ is not shared by Mary. It's not shared by me. It's not shared by the saints. That doesn't mean that I do not join in fellowship with Christ and do His things, but the glory of Christ is Christ's glory in that Jesus is more than a man, and He is more than just a perfect man. The disciples fell on their faces in awe. Think about it. Moses and Elijah were there, and then they disappeared after they spoke with Jesus, and the disciples saw only Jesus. Jesus was and is God. John wrote, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John 1, 1 and 14. It's a most incredible thought to think. The Scriptures teach this emphatically, that Jesus is eternal. He did not have a beginning. He did not so live a perfect life that the Father granted deity status upon Him, as some have alleged. No, He is God, and He has been since eternity to pass. He didn't become God. He always was, is, and will be divine. If you do not believe this, then you are in opposition to what the Scriptures teach about Jesus. And if you teach otherwise, that Jesus is not God, you are a false teacher. And furthermore, another eyewitness of Jesus says that to teach this, to teach that Jesus is not the Son of God, that He is not divine, that He is not the eternal God, is to be an anti-Christ. 1 John 2.22 Who is a liar but he who denies that Jesus is the Christ, that Jesus is the Messiah? He is anti-Christ who denies the Father and the Son. 1 John 4.3 And every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not God, is not of God. And this is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard was coming. And John wrote in the first century, and is now already in the world. Here we are. Jesus is eternal. He did not have a beginning. He did not so live a perfect life that the Father granted deity status upon Him. He's always been God. His glory as being divine is not shared with any other. Number two, Jesus' authority transcends all people and all things. His authority transcends, transcends the prophets, the apostles, and every human being. Matthew 28, 18. The prophets were great men of God. They were spokesmen of God. 
and God's people were to hear them and obey their message because it was from God. But Jesus, being God, is the one who sent this authority and who sent the Holy Spirit upon the apostles who in turn testified of Jesus himself, John 15, 26. And on this occasion, when Peter, James, and John saw Jesus' appearance changed, on Mount Transfiguration, the Father said, Hear him. Moses had been God's man, and so had Elijah. But then and now, all were and are to listen to God's own Son. He has the words of eternal life, John 6, 68. There's another passage that I want to share from John that goes with this. John 3, verse 34 to 36. Listen to these words by John the Apostle. For he whom God has sent speaks the words of God, for God does not give the Spirit by measure. The Father loves the Son and has given all things into his hand. He who believes in the Son has everlasting life, and he who does not believe the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. And the word translated believe there in the second part, does not believe, is translated as does not obey. Whoever does not obey the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. That's the way the ESV translates it, and so does the American Standard Version. Jesus has the words of eternal life. He has the words of God. And so to have eternal life, we must believe in Him, and we must not disobey Him. His authority transcends all. All religious leaders today, including me, anyone, it's all about Jesus, His authority. He alone deserves to be worshipped, served, and praised. He alone is the Lord. He alone has God's authority. Now, number three. Christ's authority demands our faithful service. So we reflect on the fact that there have been spokesmen for God in the past, and they were important in their time. But now God has sent His Son. And that authority that God the Son has demands our faithful service. The words from the Father, hear Him. That means that we obey His message. We have His message in the written word today. And God, in His great love, is speaking and calling through His written word. So, that necessitates that we read and study his written message, and that we apply it. If we love God, we will in turn hear, believe, trust, and obey. I'd like to discuss very quickly from Matthew's account of the gospel some things that we must all obey. Matthew 28, 18 through 20 all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. He says this to the eleven disciples, verse 16. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. 
So he gave the apostles a charge to go and make disciples, and to do that by baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and to teach them to observe everything that Christ had commanded them. Part of these words that he commanded them were to become followers of Jesus Christ by hearing the message taught and by being baptized into Christ. The parallel account of this is in Mark chapter 16 where Jesus charged the apostles go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And then this promise, he who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. Have you obeyed his words found in Matthew 28 and Mark 16? Have you become a follower of Jesus Christ? Do you believe and have you been baptized? Think about it. We must believe Christ, and in doing so, we believe his message. On the day of Pentecost, the apostle Peter and the other apostles preached that those on that occasion must repent. Acts 2, 38. That means to change one's mind and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. When we couple that, these words with Jesus' words in his personal ministry, Luke 9, 23, if any would be my disciple, let him take up his cross and follow me daily. Did I get that right? Let me read it. If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. To follow after Jesus, to deny self, and to take up the cross and follow him, is to hear the gospel, believe that Christ is the Son of God, repent of your sins, change your mind, and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. In doing this, we are denying ourselves. We are denying popular religious leaders. And we are choosing to be loyal and faithful to Christ. Have you denied self? Have you denied your innermost personal wishes and wants? Have you denied your upbringing, what you may have been taught? Have you taken what Jesus says about salvation and take that alone? and believed it, trusted it, and obeyed it? Have you read His Word, the Bible, and do you live by it each day? To live by the teachings of the gospel is to live by the teachings of Jesus. Truly, Jesus has all authority. And that's why He gave the commission, Matthew chapter 28, go into all the world. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, because all power had been given to him. Do you believe in the glory of Christ? Do you recognize how great and glorious he is as the eternal God of heaven, as the Son of the living God, as the Messiah? Do you believe that his authority transcends the authority of all others, the prophets, the apostles, 
And every human being, every religious leader who has lived or is living, and do you believe that that authority demands your faithful service? Remember the words of the Father to Peter, James, and John? Hear Him. Listen to Him. Go to Him for your daily instructions. You know, Jesus said during His ministry, John chapter 6, He said, I am the bread of life. And I love those words. He said, don't labor for the food that perishes, but for the food which endures to everlasting life, which the Son of Man will give you, because God the Father has set His seal on Him. And then later, John 6, 35, after he was told, Lord, give us this bread always, about the bread from heaven, Jesus said, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger, and he, who, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. But I said to you that you have seen me, and yet you do not believe. Folks, don't walk away in unbelief. Come to Jesus in belief and in faith. Believe in his identity and his authority. Love and revere Him for who He is and what He has done. Obey Him and live a life that's patterned after His example and His teaching. Mount Transfiguration must have been incredible. When I read it, I have questions. I, I wonder certain things. There are questions that I have that perhaps can't be answered. We don't have the answer in Scripture. But I walk away with these three ideas. The glory of Christ is incredible. There is no glory like the glory of Christ. And His authority, His power, it transcends all. And that authority then demands faithful service of me. You know, some people don't like to talk about the authority of Christ. They want to only talk about loving Jesus. And they're talking about, you know, it's an emotion. And you love Jesus from your emotions. While that is the case that we're to love the Lord our God with our emotions, it is also the case that we are to fear God. We are to reverence Him. We are to stand in awe of His great power. We are to not be careless about His presence and His power. A healthy dose of biblical godly fear will cause us to stay at it, to do what we need to do, to believe the things we need to believe, to practice those things that will please Him. It was the Lord Jesus who taught His disciples to not fear those who kill the body, but who cannot kill the soul, but rather fear Him who is able to destroy both body and soul in hell. That doesn't mean that He doesn't care about our value. It means that He does care about our value. Are not two sparrows sold for a copper coin? And not one of them falls to the ground apart from your Father's will, but your very hairs of your head are all numbered. Do not fear, therefore, you are of more value than many sparrows. God's going to take care of His faithful people, and He's going to reward them forever in heaven when this life is over. The identity of Jesus, our salvation depends on it. The authority of Jesus, our salvation depends on it. How have we responded, and what path are we walking Jesus said, Matthew chapter 7, verses uh, 13 and 14, Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go in by it. 
because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life. And there are few who find it. Enter the narrow gate. Stay on the narrow path. The end of the narrow gate and the narrow path is the way of life and it leads to the second life. Live the best life you can live now so that you can enjoy the best of the two lives, the life here and the life later. Folks, the life later in heaven is going to be a better life than here. But live the best life that you can now for the Lord and serving Him so that you can have the better life to come in the ages to come in that eternal home with Him. If you're listening and you have Bible questions, I welcome you to find me on social media. You can message me, and I'll be happy to try to answer your Bible questions to the best of my ability. I enjoy doing that. I've occasionally had questions asked. Feel free to reach out. I will keep your name anonymous and leave that out, but we'll address your question. If you have a question, it is very likely that others have asked or wondered the same things. So reach out to me. I'd like to interact with my uh, listenership, those that listen. And um, I want you to know as well, if you live in the Jonesboro, Arkansas area, that this podcast is brought to you by the Washington Avenue Church of Christ. Uh, We assemble and worship uh, on Washington Avenue. Our address is 2001 West Washington Avenue, zip code 72401. And we have services on Sundays at 9 a.m. Bible class, 10 a.m. worship, and then on win, uh, Sunday p.m. at 5 in the evening, and then on Wednesdays Bible class at 7 p.m. And on Sunday morning and Wednesday night, both of our Bible class hours, we have classes literally for all ages. So you are invited in your family as well. If you would like to learn more about the church or about Christ, the Bible, you have Bible questions, we'd be We would love to try to serve the Lord by helping you answer those questions and trying to help you to serve the Lord as we seek to serve the Lord too. Thank you so much for listening. Take your life serious. Pay attention to the identity of of Jesus and His authority and live your life by it. You won't regret it. And the Lord in His grace will bless you for it. God bless and we'll catch you next time.